The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Live from the Riceman Recording Room, it is day one of Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars, joint practices. My name is Jeremy Riceman. You can find me at Detroit Online. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit. With me to break down today, Wednesday's practice is the machine is the general manager, so-called, of Pride of Detroit. You were so good. You were going so smooth, and then you went right back into your Yeah, old that's Eric Schlitt over there. Eric, buddy, <laughs> another day of practices here, uh, a, yeah. a, a big one. I, I thought today overall, um, I thought the offense looked better than they did against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, first team was a little hiccupy at times, but overall, I thought the second team played much better. They looked, you know, deeper. Um and while we focused mainly on the offense, there were some eye-catching moments over on the defensive side of the field that that, that caught our attention as well. And the defensive players uh, seemed like pretty confident that that they had an overall good day. But I think I think their day was up and down a little bit too from yeah. what we kind of gathered. So um, let's uh, I don't know where you want to start. Well, we get, as always, let's let's start with some some injury updates. Um, a couple not so surprising things: Mohamed Ibrahim still out, Maurice Alexander um, out. Um, interestingly, didn't seem to finish the game with an injury on on Friday, but didn't practice Monday either. Mm-hmm. And then Denzel Mims also still out, but got some people back. Trinity Benton was back. Uh, Ian Hutchinson was back. Um, really, those were the only guys that were missing practice to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the bigger news here is that both Jameson Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown left practice and did not return. Jameson Williams comes up gimpy on kind of a deep route during seven-on-sevens. Yeah, um, grabbed his the back of his leg, which yep. is usually indicative of a hamstring, though it could be anything really. Right. Uh, could be cramping. That was a, a, a speculated issue with him uh, earlier in training camp. He had a cramping issue. And so uh, we'll find out what it is, but he exited with the trainer and then eventually the field. Yep. Uh, as for Amonra, neither of us saw exactly what happened, but they, they taped up his right ankle. Uh, he kind of jogged it off a little bit, tried to run around in the end zone a little bit, but the, the trainers ultimately decided, I guess, to, to not put him back in the play – into the game. He was on the sidelines for a while just watching. Um, I did not see him out there after practice, so at some point he may have left, but Mm -hmm. that one's obviously a little bit more concerning than Jameson, but I guess the fact that maybe he tried to give it a go is is a promising sign. Hopefully, uh, nothing too serious there. Yeah, I gotta think with St. Brown, 
if he gets, you know, a, a, a head cold, they're going to take him off the, the field and try and protect him. You know what I mean? But also you're going to have to drag him off at the same time. Well, they kind of did, right? Because yeah, he was like, tape me up and let me go back out there. And then he had to, he had to go through the trainer stuff, right? So, um, yeah, I do think it, it's it's too early to get too concerned about either. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's you know, another couple of receivers dealing with injuries. Uh, all right, let's let's jump into some observations here, and I think maybe the the Amonar injury is a good launching point into Khalif Raymond hmm. because he took most of the reps from from slot with Amonar out, and I thought he had his best day at camp. Oh yeah, certainly. Um, essentially, they had been running when Amonra was in. They were running with um, Amonra, Khalif, and Josh, and then when Amonra exited, Khalif shifted into the slot. They brought Marvin. In as uh, with the, with the ones and yeah, Khalif was just there all day. Um, <laughs> he was making making big plays ac- across the middle. He was they used him in a, in a variety of different ways on on crossers. Um, like right off the bat, first play of the game went for like or the first play of practice when they went to teams was like a fifteen or twenty yard gain right yep. off the bat. Right, like it was just like boom, he was right there. Um, Quick and goes. I have a lot on my uh, on yeah. my uh, on my sheet with him. It's get the ball in his hands, and then he's immediately turning it upfield. And you know, we we joked about his ability to separate when we saw that graphic over the summer, right? We yeah, talked, from PFF, yeah. yeah. And um, but that, that, it was it's that's there, right? yeah. and it's there a lot. And I think the the new contract that he has shows that they're willing to lean on him. Um, I think most of us expected him. To you know, take on a bigger role with uh, with JMO not being uh, around, and um, it's it seems like his growth over the three years he's been here has really been substantial, and he's a he's a proven reliable target, and it's it's a really good player to have uh, when uh, St. Brown isn't around. Yeah, and and today I think he proved just how versatile he is. Right, mm. all all training camp he's been on the outside with the ones. When when Amonara goes down, he just slides inside and and. I, I would say borderline dominates practice, honestly. Like it a lot of it was kind of that early, that quick stuff get it out to as early. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, like when he's running a crossing route, he is just in a foot race and he's gonna beat just about everyone else out there on the field. And we saw him do it a couple times, not only get that separation, but then turn it upfield and, and crank it for another 20, 30 yards after the catch. Yeah, like late in game or late in late in, late in the practice, um, the last kind of like uh, separation drills where they were running 11s, where they had the offense on one field, defense on the other. Um, just a, a little crosser, yep. right? And uh, he catches it, and, put it, and he has the speed to get to the sideline, and with no safety uh, to get a good angle on him, he, he, he was probably gone. I wrote TD with a question mark because maybe the defensive back let up a little bit, but yep. at the same time, I, that's also a tackle that Khalif could break, and that's a huge you know gain if he does. So um, speed was there. Quickness is really hard to handle, and um, that shows up. Uh, elsewhere, I, I think I think it's worth mentioning. This probably wasn't Jared Goff's best practice. Um, in, in one, it was either I think it was Elevens. You know, he mm-hmm. I think he was targeting Khalif. Uh, the interception to the he, mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Just you're exactly right. Targeting Khalif com- over the middle through an interception. Mike got a one-handed grab on it, and uh, and. Uh, you know, just he just stepped right into lane. Yeah, 
I didn't uh, get the number. I just know it was the mic. It's thirty three. I don't. Okay. I don't remember because he made a couple plays today. Um, so shout out number thirty three. Devin uh, Lloyd. He almost. He almost the, had a second one later in practice. The, 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 the remember Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Yeah. That yep. People loved him. Yeah. So there you go. Um, had a couple other inaccurate passes, but overall, like, I don't think it was a bad day from the first string offense. I think in general they they moved somewhat efficiently. Efficiently, uh, not a, a ton of, of deep plays in general. I'm trying to see. Um, you know, the deep plays mostly came from, from Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, which is, he, he was willing to take some shots. And and look, he still holds onto the ball much longer than he needs yep. to. And that was really clear when they were doing seven on sevens. Yeah. Um, when they were doing 11s, it's a little bit. It's a little bit easier for him to hold on to the ball because he was getting a clean pocket a lot. Right. Right. I mean, that for as, as difficult as the offensive line, second team offensive line looked on Friday, uh, they looked a lot better against Jacksonville's uh, defense today. Yeah. Um, again, Jacksonville's twos. So, it's, sure. you know, I'm not 100% sure on how, how great their depth is, but um, you're looking at a Fetty. Uh, and then Sorsdal at left guard. Yep. And Brad Cecil, a rotating right guard of Graham Glasgow and Baitai, who rotated through the first and second team together. And then Matt Nelson on the right. And uh, I thought they held up well. And, you know, honestly, I don't think Cecil is, has a real good shot for the roster because Graham's ahead of him and can play center. Uh, but Sorsdal's a guy we expect to make the roster. And, and Nelson and Nefeti are, are guys competing for that. OT3 spot. And so, like, this is probably the group. I think they're slowly getting to that point where they're kind of settled on what their offensive line is going to look like, and they're just kind of competing for those last couple of spots. And I thought all the that whole line looked good, pretty good today. Yeah, and um, actually I talked – or I asked Dan Campbell this morning um, about the offensive tackle three job because obviously, like you said, mm-hmm. there, there was this flip there where if Eddie's now playing left tackle, Matt Nelson's playing right tackle in practice, that continued today. Mm-hmm. Um he basically said, you know, I thought Matt Nelson has been having a really, really good camp, but I thought if Fetty had a very good preseason game. And so this feels like a little bit of a reward. Like, hey, you, you played well in the in mm-hmm. the preseason game. How do you how do you protect the blind side? How how are you going to respond to that? And so far, so good there. Um, I also want to take it back to the first string offensive line because obviously a big test, you know, with Josh Allen, with, with uh, Walker um, in mm-hmm. there. Up and down, I thought. I thought. I thought in particular it was maybe one of Taylor Decker's Worst practices, but the bar has been so high right. for for joint or for all of training camp that a, a bad Taylor Decker practice is a <laughs> is an average day for a, a normal left tackle. And, and, and I don't think he was even bad. Yeah. I just think he gave up um, a couple of plays. Right. And for Decker, who's been clean pretty much through three weeks, yeah, a player two is like a oh that we haven't seen that much right. um, because he's just been <laughs> yeah. so good. Um, so yeah, I like I'm. Those are two really good pass rushers. A uh, lot of speed, a lot of length. That's another yeah. thing Campbell talked yep. about. So, But by no means would I have said, or do I th- want to give people the impression that he had a bad practice. Right, no. I, I just I, think it was. I agree. Yeah. Um, but like, I also want to mention the run blocking because I thought this was yeah. the most efficient out of out of the two joint pra- or three total joint practices that there have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were much more efficient at running the ball. And it, that sort of stuff is always kind of hard to tell because you're, there's not 
live tackling happening. And, and that's what Dan Campbell said this morning when he's talking about David Montgomery. He's like, we haven't even kind of seen everything oh, yeah. that he's capable of because of no live tackling. But I thought there were several times when there were just visible holes, and I saw almost none of that against the Giants, who admittedly have a, a good defensive line. Not that the Jaguars don't, but maybe the interior, that the offensive line against the defensive line was something that was sloped in the Lions' favor this week. Um, couple plays, we saw some pretty large gaps to the right. Couple plays, we saw some large gaps uh, in the center left, yep. right behind Jonah Jackson. And um, it wasn't like just one spot that they just kept hitting. Uh, there were a couple of things that they tried that didn't work, depending on the back or the combo or, or, or whatever. But for the most part, 26 looked like he was hitting holes. Five looked like he was hitting holes. And um, Gibson Montgomery, I'm speaking in that term, <laughs> right? No like book terms. The game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no book terms. Um, I talked to Jonah Saito after the game at, or at practice, and I asked him about his finger, and he's, he said it's a non-issue at this point. So that's, that's, that's good. Like, you know, I was a little bit worried about that because those finger injuries tend to linger, but he, he wasn't worried about it. He actually – when he gave me like my little dap, it was with the hand that had the most <laughs> yeah. fingers. So like he's not going to do that. So you re-injured Jonah Jackson. Is what I <laughs> no, but like yeah, no, I agree with you. There were there were the one gap in the red zone drill that they just ran behind Jonah. It was like there was like a five yard gap yeah. between Jonah and 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 Frank because they just absolutely cleared that place out. So um, good day for the offensive line and run blocking for sure. The, the only other offensive guy I want to mention, I, you know, it was a good day for Gibbs. I, th- I thought maybe mm-hmm. not his best, but like close to it. But uh, Dylan Drummond again, like just he is a number two offense superstar. Yeah. Like it didn't matter if Teddy was in there who took twos and threes. We Again, it was the same as Monday. We really only saw Adrian Martinez for a string of three plays. Other than that, it was Teddy yeah. with the threes, a little bit with the twos as well. But I like I don't know how much I can – keep talking about Dylan Drummond. I, th- I think even he stepped in with the ones at, at some point instead of Marvin to be on the outside there. To me, mm-hmm. like, he's strong enough days together where he is my wide receiver five. Like, he he's – the thing that I think is what really stands out about Drummond is that he he's making noise in a variety of different ways. Yeah. It's, again, it's not like he's just a one-trick pony. He's a guy who – uh, you look through your notebook and you're like, oh, look, a quick out to 83. Oh, look, a slot fade to 83. Oh, look. And it's just like 83 is showing up in these different route combinations with the first or second team. And, and, and he's looking sharp. Now, look, he he did um, have a pass broken up against him. He did catch a pass in the end zone where he only got one foot down. You know, so he's still <laughs> like he's still a rookie. He's not, you know, I mean, he's not he's not the most, you know, he's not completely polished or anything right. like that. But at the same time, this is a guy who was on his couch when UDFA contracts were being handed out, and, yeah. and right. And so now he's he's showing what the hard work does. Now, I, and I keep meaning to kind of bring this up whenever we talk about Drummond. Um, after practice, we all know Amonra goes out there and, and is on the jug machines, and then we all know Khalif Raymond, especially now. Like Khalif is just getting all this hype about all this hard work he does, and I that's incredibly awesome for Khalif. He's well deserving of that. But Drummond is a guy who's out there with them too. Yeah. And, and and at first it was, oh look, the rookie's willing to put in the extra work because he's trying to make a name for himself. Well, look, now he's established himself, and that work is still being put in, and he's still, it, he still understands. I think nothing's given to him at this point, but he's a guy who's behind the scenes, working his tail off. Yep. And 
it shows because you're not running these guys yeah, UDFAs on like these huge route combinations if you're if he can't you know uh, pick it up and, and and he's executing too. So it's, there's good stuff from him all around. Again. Yeah, it's just it's just evidence of that whole like trickle down theory, right? Where mm-hmm. if if you have enough guys in the room who are working hard, it's going to spread to everyone else, and and that's definitely what's happening in the wide receiver room. Um, anyone else on offense before we talk a little bit of defense before we get out of here? The only thing what I want I wanted to point out was. Um, we saw a couple. We saw Laporta look like he got dinged up at one point, but he literally did not miss a snap. <laughs> and then we saw the same thing with Jack Campbell. Um, looked like he got banged up a little bit, um, and then I'm not even sure he missed a snap either. And so maybe it's just something about being from Iowa. But uh, <laughs> but these those guys took some. Uh, you know, a couple a couple of them looked like they took some some big hits or big lumps, and then. Uh, and then, you know, still managed to play through it. So I, I segued you there. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead. Tell me about my your, your the fun stuff that happened on defense. Yeah, well, uh, to be clear, we, we didn't get a full grasp of, of how the defense went. Some of this is coming, you know, secondhand. But in mm. general, it seems like this was very much a seed and shade Gardner-Johnson-led practice. Yeah. Um, several times we were watching the offense and we would just hear oohs and ahs and, and look up and there's a scrum happening and who's in the middle of it. Yeah. CJ Gardner-Johnson. Uh, he laid on a couple big pit hits today, including one that I heard broke his helmet, which... Uh, solved one of our mysteries as to why uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was missing for a series with uh, with Tracy Walker in there. It was because he was either getting someone else's helmet or fixing his own helmet. Um, and the funny, maybe the, the, the funniest part of practice, we're talking to C.J. Gardner-Johnson after practice. Um, someone asked him about Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley's walking by. He, he suddenly stops because he hears his own name. And he's like, <laughs> and he interrupts the podcast, Calvin Gardner, and he goes, that's a good player. But he talks too much. And yeah. He does talk a lot. He talks a lot. And you could see it kind of, you could see everyone feeding off it. It was a very up and down day, I, I would say, from what I saw in the line secondary. Mm-hmm. When they opened with seven on sevens or 11 on 11s in the red zone, I thought the Jaguars had the upper hand. I thought Kelvin Radley had a really, really good game, uh, set of practices, I should say. Um, and and it came at the expense, I would say, in the most part of, of Cameron Sutton. But Sutton fought back, and Sutton got a pick later in practice. Right. And, and Malcolm Rodriguez got a pick later in practice. Once they kind of got into that middle portion of the practice where you're repping kind of in the middle of the field rather than the red zone, I thought this was the best I've seen the defense. Um, their run defense was way better than it was against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like I said, there were a lot of guys getting their hands on balls. Um, I I just, I just want to mention this just so that that we're offering a fair and balanced look at look at this player. Mm. But for the first time ever, and there's also a caveat to this. But for the first time ever, Brian Banch got smoked on a on a route um, yeah. against Christian Kirk. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it, it it was, was kind a of pick, a pick. It was a, it was pick, a pick play. It was absolutely a pick play. <laughs> so because <laughs> <laughs> I think when it when it happened live, we both looked at each other and we were like, "Wow, I've never seen him that far <laughs> behind." And then um, all of a sudden, it was we watched the replay and we were like. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a big play. We right. understand. Um, and I should say that Brian Branch also had two pass breakups today. So uh, not not a bad day for him. Uh, I just thought it was kind of funny that we finally saw like yeah. a, a chink in the armor, but it, I, at the same time, it wasn't really his fault. I took some just like notes, just the notes that I have. Uh, again, didn't totally focus, but it was like Garner Johnson runs down a stretch play on it, gets a tackle for loss. Yep. Then it's uh, Jack Campbell gets a fumble recovery. Uh, Brian Branch gets a PBU. Um, like you said, um, um, number one, why am I blanking? Cameron Sutton. Cameron, 
<laughs> Sutton gets a pick. Yep. Malcolm Rodriguez looked like he got a pick, he although did. we were obstructed. He ran it into the end zone and everyone celebrated, so that sure looks like it was a, it was a pick. Yep. Um, there was. Let me see. Uh, and again. Number two, instincts. Gardner Johnson, instincts. Right, I just keep writing that in my book. It seems like all the time. So, um, yeah, I thought. Look, overall, it was. Uh, there were some highlights, and and the defense seemed awfully confident. Uh, Jerry Jacobs, Gardner Johnson, both kind of acknowledged the fact that they gave up a couple of big plays deep. There were, yes. but for the and uh, but for the most part, it was a solid day uh, against the pass and against the run. And those like hands on balls, you know, they stack up, right? Like yeah. they, they, it's you don't think much of it when you're like writing one down in your notebook, and then when you look at a collective and you're like, oh look, there was like eight pass breakups or <laughs> interceptions or something, and right. it's like, I, that, that that's you know pretty solid numbers. Yeah, Calvin Ridley, I thought looked great on the Giants. Kirk looked good. Um, we saw Jamal Agnew get loose a couple of times. Like the skill yeah. players on ja- the Jaguars are really good. So they, which is what they, Dan Campbell's been saying all week. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean they are. It's, yeah, that's legit. And so it's a good challenge. Yeah, it's a very good challenge, and and it'll be interesting to see what tomorrow brings. And um, then you know we probably won't get to see much of starters if at all in the game on Saturday, but. Uh, it's it's a good test because it's a totally different type of style of team than uh, what we saw against the Giants, and it's nice to be able to see this team adapt to two different kinds of opponents. Yeah, I will say though, like both of them kind of have that mobile quarterback thing, and I thought they looked a lot more prepared for kind of the the, the read option sort of stuff mm. that we saw today that we also saw last week. Um, quick note in terms of personnel, and and I, I'm sorry I have to say this because okay. I'm saying it to you in the room, and it's it's not it's not <laughs> flattering to one of your players, but uh, it's worth noting that they had Will Harris playing the nickel with the mm-hmm. with the twos today. Yep, um, which meant Chase was with the threes, but it also meant that um, Stephen Gilmore yeah. was with the second team. Defense on the outside corner. He was one of the guys who did get burned on one of the the deep shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a trial by fire from him. But it's also maybe kind of a, a peek into who's I, I guess like the rankings of, of where the outside corners are because mm-hmm. it's going to be a numbers game there. And so learning that that Gilmore is is the next man up uh, is is an interesting find and can't be great news for for Chase. But you know, still early in camp. Yeah, but I think. Um... I, I think the Gilmore is is the bigger news right there, right? Like I think Gilmore, but again, this is we kind of figured he was that's where he was, right, in the pecking order. But sure. it's more confirmed at this point, right? I mean, I think that's that was one of my big takeaways from that. Um, we saw some similar rotation uh, or opportunities up front as well. Levi was consistently with the twos, yep. And in previous weeks, he was with the threes. And, and now you're seeing this, this hybrid three defensive tackle look of McNeil, Bugs, and, and Broderick Martin uh, with the first team. And then the second team is is Jones and Benito Jones and then Levi. And, and again, that I think those are the five guys that are in the competition. And we're starting to we're starting to see this team separate itself from the guys who are in the 53 challenging in the 53 and then the guys that are probably like hoping to get to the practice squad all right i think that will do it for our observations here during wednesday's practice uh tomorrow i'm probably going to take a little bit uh, a bigger focus here on the on the defense so i can give you some notes there uh but obviously as always and we're going to have detailed notes on the website pride detroit.com to have full observations uh and and recaps and, and injury updates so make sure you check it out there but until then for eric i'm jeremy we'll see you guys tomorrow 